One of the most common questions that I end up tackling on a regular basis with my students is, what do you charge for subscription web design? How do you actually charge your clients a fair price that makes sense, does well for you, and uh, fits with the industry and all of that? Well, as you might imagine, it depends. It depends on a lot of things, what you end up charging. But in this episode of the podcast, what I'd like to do is help you take the time to think through the many different factors that there are. Now, full disclosure, there's not going to be anything groundbreaking here. There's not going to be any magical formula. In past uh, pieces of content, I have recommended a particular amount if you're building custom websites on a subscription web design model in the United States. I'm not even going to say what that amount is here because, again, even from the West Coast to the East Coast, United States, things can be a little different. And I have sort of a global audience. And so there's too many assumptions that go into a question like that. Now, if you want help on a one-on-one -on -one basis doing that, I am more than happy to work with you as a student inside of my uh, insiders group. Just go to uh, subscriptionwebdesign.com and you can learn everything that you'd want to learn about that. And I'm happy to help work with you on a one-on-one -on -one basis on setting up your uh, prices and deciding on what to charge. For the rest of you, what I want this to do is to uh, be sort of a tool to outsource the thinking about what you need to think about. Okay, so I'm going to run through just a list of the things to consider a brief explanation for each of these things and how you might think about it. And I would encourage you to get a notepad before you go forward. Pause this, go get a notepad, take notes on these things, and then use these different factors to come up with, okay? But rather than going and scouring the internet on the different factors that you need to come up with, I think this one uh, podcast could give you those factors and then just think through them in your context. And again, feel free to join up and we can talk about it more specifically inside of my program. Beyond that, um, this is what you need to think about, okay? The first thing is experience, okay? How long have you been doing what you're doing? How long have you been a web designer? How long have you been thinking about digital marketing? And or how long have the people on your team been doing this? How many projects do they have on their belt or under their belt? How many projects do you have under your belt? In other words, how much experience do you really have? Generally speaking, a person with one year of experience should probably charge less than a person with five years of experience, and they should probably charge less than a person with 20 years of experience. Okay, I, again, I know nothing groundbreaking there, but I know how confusing it can be and how cloudy it can be when trying to set your prices. So this is what you need to think through, your experience level. Factor that in, okay? You've been doing this for one year. You've been doing this for two years. You've been doing this for 20 years. Factor that in as you're considering this, okay? Number two is going to be your industry. What industry are you in? If you are building a web uh, design, if you're building sites uh, for uh, bloggers, they probably have less money to pay, generally speaking, than lawyers. Okay, so if you're building websites for bloggers versus lawyers versus general contractors, that's going to be a little bit different. And what you can do is you can just Google what lawyers, contractors, or bloggers make 
on average, most of that data is publicly available. You can go find what they make on average and sort of run some calculations to see what it would look like for your service to fit within their budget. And again, try not to get their personal salaries, but what their businesses bring in. If you're working with a business that's bringing in $40 million a year, they can afford a lot more than a business that's bringing in $40,000 per year, okay? So your prices should be commensurate with your experience and also your industry. Okay, the next thing you should factor in is going to be your specialization. Okay, are you a specialist when it comes to doing what you're doing? If so, then you can raise that bar a little bit more. So understand that let's take dentists, for example. Let's say you're building websites for dentists. Uh, it's pretty well known. Dentists make a lot of money, okay? Dentists can afford help with their website. So if you are a web designer, but you're doing work for a dentist, you might think, okay, well, I'm going to charge them more than I would charge the person who is doing the general contractor. And that's true, right? We just talked about that. But if you specialize in dental websites, that is, you read dental magazines, you go to dental conferences, you network at dental events, you create content, uh, content online for how dentists can grow their practice using their website and using digital marketing techniques, then you can notch that up a little bit more, okay? You can give yourself another check box or however you want to think about this in terms of you can raise your price based on that, okay? So experience, industry, specialization. Next is going to be location, okay? A dentist in North Carolina is going to be different than a dentist in California. Look up, again, some of those numbers to get a sense for how much they are making and how much they are charging for their services because the location does matter when trying to figure out your pricing. So again, you've got an industry, okay? You're, you're looking at the dental industry. That's a factor or the general contracting industry. That's a factor. But then you got to look and see if you're a specialist in that area, you can raise your price. But then you got to see where your location is and maybe your location raises that price a little more, keeps it at the same or brings it back down. For what it's worth, let me just stop here and say that I, I do think a, a you know a, a relative um, I do think you can find a baseline, okay? I think you can find a baseline and and, and see what the average uh, five to ten page website is being sold for if you factored in the biggest and you factored in the smallest and you divided that in half and then you divided that by your time scale, twelve months or eighteen months or twenty four months uh, to get your subscription number. Use that as a baseline and then start factoring these things. Raise it a little bit where it needs to be raised, lower it a little bit where it needs to be lowered, and you can start balancing out and finding a price that's going to work. Okay, the next one, and we have a lot more. The next one is value. All right, value. If the services that the person uh, sells make more money, then you can charge more money for the work, okay? So think about uh, if your website brings in an extra five customers for that person uh, or for that business every given month, does that make them an extra $5,000 per month or an extra $50,000 per month, okay? That investment amount on average should be factored into what you end up actually charging for the website. It might be the difference between charging $200 a month for a website or $600 a month for a website or maybe even $1,200 a month for a website. So the value to the client 
is going to be determined um, in some part by the industry, but not totally by the industry. Because, uh, again, you do have some dentists in North Carolina who make more than other dentists in North Carolina. And so as you have more conversations with them, perhaps you are going to sort of discover what the average value might be and you can set your pricing based on that. Of course, value-based pricing is also something that you can do in an individual uh, context. So, you know, maybe you have a baseline pricing from some of these other things. And then as you're having individual conversations, you raise or lower the price a little bit based on value. I'm also, by the way, totally okay with you having a standardized price across the board. I think these are just different approaches. Again, not giving you anything concrete here. Just really want to help you think through this and understand what you need to think through. So we have experience, how long you've been doing something, industry, who you're serving, specialization, how specialized are you in serving those people, location, where they are, and then value. How much value will your work bring them or how much value do they want for your work to bring them and are you charging fairly and commensurate with that? All right, another factor getting into the economics a little bit is what the market will bear, okay? I know some people who raise their prices every three times they get a yes, okay? If they get three yeses in a row, they raise their prices, okay? And, and because that means that the market will bear something higher than what they are selling. So worst case scenario, you could throw out every consideration so far, pick a random price that's a little bit on the lower end, and try to get some yeses. When you get some yeses, raise that price, okay? Wait till you get three more yeses in a row, raise it again. And just keep doing that until you find that the market will not bear anymore, and then keep experimenting from there. So that's what the market will bear. The next consideration is what your market will bear. Now, this is a really fascinating insight that um, I've never heard put more clearly than in Daniel Priestley's book, Oversubscribed. Highly recommend you go grab that book. But he makes the point in it that the market doesn't really exist. Your market is what exists, or at least your market is all that really matters. And the point is, if you've got 20 people who would like to have your service, but only two slots available for people to work with you, then you're oversubscribed. You've got 18 people who are going to be disappointed because they cannot work with you. And you have all the business that you need if your numbers work out such that that's the case. So maybe you have uh, 20 people per month who could potentially work with you, but only two slots per month, then you're good to go, okay? You don't really need to consider too much about the other uh, markets that are out there. How much demand do you have built up? By the way, if you are a specialist working in a particular industry, then you have power here that other people do not have because that is a lot more likely that you are going to have people chasing you down to work with you if you're in that situation than if you're just a generalist web designer. Next, we have pricing fairly, okay? Look at your price. Now, don't get too hung up on this. I would say this is one of the least factors to consider because the others are a little bit more objective. This one is going to be a little bit more subjective. Pricing fairly. Look at that and you think once you start rounding out and, and, and kind of landing on a price based on all these other factors, does that number look fair? If you think it does, then keep it there. But don't think about it too hard. Think about it for like, I want your gut reaction. I don't want you to spend more than three to five seconds on this. Look at the number. Does it seem fair? And if yes, please go forward with it. If no, still, don't dwell on this, okay? 
ask yourself why you think it's not fair. If it's for some subjective reason, ignore and move forward. If it's an objective reason, though, a reason out there somewhere that it doesn't seem fair, then fine. But if it's just in your mind, forget about it, move on. Don't get tripped up here. Next, and next to last here, is being profitable, okay? You have to set your prices so that you're profitable. If you've done this exercise and you can't be profitable, then something has gone wrong somewhere. You need to pick a different industry, okay? You need to become a specialist. You need to work with people in a different location from where you're currently considering working with them. You need to build up your own market instead of worrying about the market out there, okay? No matter what, you have to be profitable on the work you have and the work you're doing. Otherwise, you don't have a business. You must be profitable. And then the last thing, and this is just uh, you know kind of a tangent on being profitable. It's relatively similar. But just running a great, healthy business. Man, do you feel good about the work you're doing? Do you feel good about what you're being paid? Are you making a profit on it? Are you able to help other people in your community, even hire some people? Is your business really, really healthy? Does it feel great to wake up and work every day? These are all things that your pricing really does affect. So I'm going to run through them one more time. Go back, listen to this episode, take detailed notes. So I'm going to run through these again very quickly. Experience, industry, specialization, location, value, what the market will bear, what your market will bear, pricing fairly, being profitable, and running a great and healthy business. If you find that you can do all of those things with your current pricing, then that's where you should be. If you need to adjust based on that, then adjust. But those are the things you need to think about in 2024 as you're deciding what to charge in your subscription web design business. See you guys on the next one. Hey there, it's Steve, and I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the show. You know, one of the biggest questions that I get is, okay, Steve, I'm excited. I love this idea of subscription web design, but I have no clue where to get started. If that's you, go to subscriptionwebdesign.com right now, enter your best email address, and I'm going to send you an exclusive training that I did on the five models of subscription web design that will show you the options that are available to you and give you some things to think about on how to get started. And for a limited time, I'm going to include my contract template for subscription web design. I've been asked multiple times to provide this template, and it's usually only available to my paying students. It's a $100 value, but it's yours free. Just go to subscriptionwebdesign.com and enter your best email address there, and I'll send those right to you, as well as send you daily email tips from the trenches of running my agency. See you over there at subscriptionwebdesign.com.